2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: 308 WCCO on a Friday afternoon. I am not Paul Douglas. Paul, little under the weather today, so uh, you got me, Adam Robert Carter. Fresh off my uh, grueling uh, three uh, noon to three with uh, Chad Hartman. Ready to take you all the way to the uh, Timberwolves. Timberwolves, another... Uh, Top-notch matchup tonight against another juggernaut of the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. Penny Hardaway, Shaq, and uh, Three Rollins. They've run seventeen games.
2: It's almost like it's non-conference for the Wolves. That's like the uh, like the Gophers, like the preseason buildup. By the way, it's it's uh, National
1: Middle Name Day. Oh, is it really? Yes, I saw that. I was just uh, I brought that. You know, funny you bring that up because we were talking this morning about uh, the Final Four, uh, the last time I was here, and then I was talking about my first year here. I covered uh, the Final Four at the Metrodome, because who knows college basketball better than me?
2: For me, it's you and then Bill Raftery, <laughs> Raftery. In, in that order. Dan Dockich. Uh, but I remember uh, getting to interview Lute Olson. Oh, Midnight Lute, as Patrick and
1: that was His middle name was Luther, so that's, it was Robert... Luther Olson, So, well, so that's he's like us. Lute Olsen. Yep. Um, also, did you know he coached at Two Harbors High
2: School? I do. I, I learn more about Lute because, have I mentioned this before I went to Arizona State University? I've heard that. Uh, he was a king at the university uh, uh, at Iowa and then created the U of A program that crushed ASU on a regular basis. So uh, very tied to Minnesota. loot. Lute. Yeah, South Dakota born, but mm-hmm. uh, and he
1: died just in 2020. Uh, he lost uh, Arizona lost to Duke. Uh, the uh, yes brief uh, success, yep. uh, Duke in uh, 2001 at the Metrodome. Uh, lots to talk about today as we uh, get you ready for uh, Timberwolves basketball. The usual suspects are here. We'll talk to uh, Tim Lammers in about five minutes from now about uh, what we can stream, what we can do this weekend. Uh, if you're going to stay inside. But I wanted to start with this news, Chad. Uh, this has been you uh, being a sports broadcaster yourself. Uh, there was some speculation about the future of Minnesota fan favorite Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. And apparently Joe Buck is saying bye-bye to Fox News to join ESPN as the new voice of Monday Night Football
2: well, with Troy Aikman. It's, it's really been interesting, Adam, uh, what's been taking place. I guess you can even go back to when... Romo signed his extension. Mm-hmm. When Romo was the early free agent and everybody loved him at first, I, th- I think things have slowed down a little bit. But he eventually signs for $18 million a year, long-term deal. And there are a lot of people who said, well, the first domino is going to be Jim Nance because he's everything at is- CBS. But the first domino turned out to be Troy Aikman, who I think was better last year. We've talked about this in our show many times. I think Aikman's fine. I thought he was better last year. ESPN has not found the right crew forever, forever. I think they blew one. I think they should have given Kornheiser a longer run. For whatever reason, Kornheiser and Trico didn't really mesh. And Tariqo's great. I I kind of felt like as great as Tariqo is, he kind of was snobbish to Kornheiser because ESPN wants something different. Well, they've tried over and over again. And the only success they've had are the Manning brothers, right? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere... They land Troy Aikman Mm -hmm. for the same money. And then it was, well, who can they add to partner? And then the more you read, you read that among all of Aikman's partner, of, of Buck's partners, that he and Aikman were especially close. And this is an enormous deal for Fox because Fox took a chance, hired Joe Buck. I bet Joe was 24 at the time. He's done every World Series since. He's in every Super Bowl since that's been on Fox, right? And anybody out there in Minnesota mad at him, you're entitled to that. He is a brilliant broadcaster. He is one of the all-time greatest play-by-play announcers ever. Mm -hmm. So for him to leave Fox, says everything about that relationship he has with Aikman, and finally ESPN can say, we've got a crew. And then you have the debate again. Does it add people viewing? Probably not. But you know what networks want? They want their toy. They want their prestige. And they don't want Brian Greasy, Steve Levy, and Lewis Riddick. They want these two. And plus, with Buck, they'll use them elsewhere on ABC. But that's a big move for ESPN slash ABC. And they get a Super Bowl again. But by the way, Fox has a Super Bowl this year. Bucks walk away from the Super Bowl this
1: year. That's the question. Monday Night Football is not what Monday Night Football Mm -mm. needs to be. Mm -mm. Is that because... Uh, of the announcers they've had, or is that because we've shifted and then Sunday night is now the big primetime game and Monday night is almost almost an afterthought?
2: I think it is more of what happened when Dick Ebersall convinced Roger Goodell and his TV people, why don't we have a game Sunday night? And why don't you call it the game of the week, mm-hmm. right? And built it up. And then they did it. So the schedule dictated way better games. Sunday night. They can shift games. That's right. You can't shift games Monday night. Monday night has complained a little bit lately, uh, because they're still giving billions, not as much as NBC, but so they've given them some better games. I would think Buck and Aikman receive assurances too that they're going to get even better games. Better right. games and just try to turn it into a big deal. It's what networks want to have just to pop, what to stand out. And so this is enormous for ABC and ESPN to land those two gentlemen. So who does Fox, uh, number one? Well, Kevin Burkhart is their obvious right, guy yeah. who they have. The guy who still wants to work is a gentleman by the name of Al Michaels. And the rumor was for a long time that Al Michaels would go to Amazon. This new package on Thursdays, they've now got it. And that at first, Aikman wasn't joining. Well then they just landed Herb Street. Would Fox say, Hey, Al Michaels has worked everywhere, how about we make Al Michaels our number one guy? If not, I would assume Kevin Burkhardt's yep. probably the guy. Although good. I got another candidate. You've dabbled in sports broadcasting I'm before. Ready. You are ready. I played the game, too. <laughs> so I, can, I, can, I, can, I could do, you know what, I'll save them money.
1: I'll be the uh, color guy and the uh, play-by-play guy. And the producer. Rap All all in one. Chad, thank you. Sir. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Yeah, tough dude here today. How long will you text me? Uh, Pretty soon. 3- 3.15 News Talk 8 through Chad and I, both big fans of A Better Call Saul. It's coming back in April. We'll talk to the, uh, Tim Lammers about that and all things streaming. Coming up, Tim Lammers next. Adam in for Paul and Jordana. 3.15 on WCCL. Daddy has told her to go Listen, young lady But her friend is nowhere to be seen
3: so how'd you become such a hotshot actor? She walks
1: through
0: her I'm a showman, <laughs> that's what I'm meant to do To the
2: seat with the clearest view And <laughs> she's hooked to the silver the screen Do you know who I am? Yeah Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Sand? Streisand
0: Sand? Sand, yeah, like sands, like the ocean, like beaches sand Streisand? No, like Streisand Sand? Sand.
1: I love this movie, Licorice Pizza. There as we bring in uh, Tim Lammers. Tim, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. I know I'm the uh, probably the D Squad here, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Licorice Pizza was a joy for me because here's the thing: when when I come into a movie and have the almost zero expectations, even though I might hear a buzz about something, I just watch it, and I was just soaked it up from the opening moments of that movie and i'm wondering okay where is this going and just the the sheer uh youth uh aspect to it um and then to see these cameos like sean penn and bradley cooper it was yeah. a wonderful movie
3: well to be honest with you uh, uh adam i wish i could have seen an entire movie on bradley cooper playing john yes Peter, because yes i i don't suspect I, I suspect that that those tales aren't too far from the truth and in fact he gave his blessing to Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, whatever. Some people, they get the screen time, or there's somebody playing them, they get screen time, they get their names mentioned. That's good enough. But, yeah, you know, it, obviously this film, it was premium video on demand, so you can get it for 20 bucks now. Um, and it's worth mentioning, obviously, because it was nominated for a Best yep. Picture Oscar. And uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, his 10th and 11th nomination, this time, for uh, screenwriting, original screenplay, and Best Director. Um, To explain to people who haven't seen it, it really is a coming-of-age story of a child actor named Gary Valentine, uh, played by Cooper Hoffman, the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, of course, starred in a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson's films. Uh, He's got a pretty good handle on life um, for a 15-year-old, he sees a 25-year-old photographer's assistant. Uh, he kind of puts uh, the, the smooth moves on her. It's like, I don't want any part of this. You're a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> um, but then they develop this, this weird, strange relationship um, that uh, as the you know it, it grows, I mean, the jealousies ensue. And the lines begin to blur, and I have to say, Adam, you know, apart from, again, great filmmaking, uh, great appearances by the likes of Bradley Cooper, Sean Penn, etc., the relationship is problematic, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest beef I had with the film. Unfortunately, that's the center of the film, so
1: I don't know how did you feel about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point because he is underage, and it, let's say the roles are reversed, and that's a twenty-five-year-old oh, exactly. male assistant and a fifteen-year-old girl. Yeah, everybody's recoiling, saying, "Wait a minute, this is a little uncomfortable." You raise it. A... So I don't
3: know. I don't know how Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. gets away with it, but obviously. I don't know if you call it turning a blind eye because he's so talented otherwise, yeah. Um, but, you know, certainly nominated for a lot of awards. Yep. Critics love the thing. You know, oddly enough, it didn't make that much money, maybe $27 million worldwide, which isn't a lot. But then again, these are low budget films for him. I mean, people work with him because they want to work with the guy and they're going to cut their salary to do so. So again, um, if you can put aside this problematic sort of you know deal at at the center of their relationship yeah then it's it's certainly an interesting movie that's for sure
1: yeah you know it's bittersweet watching cooper hoffman because he's so much like his dad and you can see his dad in that role and then you realize what a great actor philip seymour hoffman was and how uh we were kind of robbed of seeing that uh, career uh in the future because of his uh, sad death
3: yeah, and you can and you can credit a lot of his success, I think, to Paul Thomas yep. Anderson, you know, because obviously he appeared in Boogie Nights, and I thought of that movie watching this movie because there's no question, it all depends on what age you are, right? I grew up in the era, so it is very nostalgic, right? I mean, you do get that 70s vibe going, and, um, you know, some people think that, well, just because his name is Hoffman, he gets the jobs, well... You know what? You, you get cast, you got to deliver. And there's no question there's something in the genes here in the Hoffman family. You know, in the Philip Seymour Hoffman, certainly passed along his great talents to his son in his debut role. We have to note that as well. Yeah. He holds up against Bradley Cooper, too, doesn't he? He I mean, sure does. It just, yep. Pretty amazing performance for his first time out, and I can't wait to see what he has in store.
1: I see this note in Variety that Alec Baldwin uh, tried to work out a deal to finish Rust after that horrible shooting that took the life of the cinematographer. What do you know about that?
3: Well, you know, I mean, look, more and more news is coming out about the thing, and I think, you know, both you and I, Adam, as well as Paul and Jordana and everybody else thought at first it's like, oh, we feel sorry for this guy. It's so horrible for Alec Baldwin. And then it just keeps taking stranger and stranger turns. He talks, he does an on-camera interview, uh, you know, at yeah. network television. It's like, should you really be doing that? And then he claims he's not responsible, even though he's the one that was, you know, that pulled the trigger. Um, now it appears that he tried to finish the film. Uh, and by doing so, he is trying to basically cut a deal with um, uh, Helena Hutchins' uh, husband. And they said no. They were incensed, in fact, by the fact that Alec Baldwin isn't claiming any responsibility Jeez. whatsoever for the shooting. So that, that deal is off the table now yeah, right? because the lawsuit is happening. But here's the thing. I mean, do you really want to finish a film under the pretenses, under that big dark cloud that's hanging over the production. I don't know. I mean, look, the Twilight Zone tragedy, you know, where the helicopter accident killed Vic Morrow and a couple yep. children, they finish that, Yeah. you know. Um, they, they recut the thing uh, to make it seem somewhat sensible, the, you know, the film. But I don't know. It it just seems like... I, I didn't think Alec Baldwin would want to do something no. like that. Finish it. You'd think you know, look, I got a career to save here. Yeah, and that's a so, different
1: time. You know, the Twilight Zone's a different time where, yes, it would have made the news and there would have been articles. But, I mean, this was so, I mean, this was everywhere. And everybody now, when they hear Alec Baldwin, they think of this incident. You know, for as good as an actor he is and an entertaining as funny as he can be, he sure makes it hard to like him sometimes. <laughs>
3: he, I mean, he certainly yeah. does. And, and, and you're right. I mean, before that, I had that, that sort of problem with him. Yeah. But at the same time, when something like this tragic happens, it's like, my God, it, you know, these sorts of accidents can happen to anybody, really. And you really do feel for the guy, but then he turns back into the old Alec Baldwin yeah. and it's like,
1: and get out of his come
3: way. on, yeah. man, you know, let's, let's dial it back. He, he just really can't seem to control his impulses. And and I think it's obviously working against him here. So you know, you find out then all of a sudden that he did try to get that production back on track, and it didn't work. And all the lawsuits are going forward.
1: We're still in awards season, and the Critics Choice Awards coming up Sunday.
3: Yeah, I you know I, I thank you for mentioning that. Sure. I like to note that because I'm a voting member uh-huh. of the Critics Choice Association. Have been uh, with the organization for about twenty two, twenty three years. So, yeah, I mean, I'm part of this award season, uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, the, the, the studios want to get all of their uh, films in front of you to consider. So I just submitted my ballot today. Can't tell you who I voted for, Adam. That Come a on. You can thing. tell you what. Text,
1: text it to me, <laughs> and then I, I'll share but it later. I will
3: tell you, <laughs> I will tell you that. Uh, my number one pick of last year was the movie Belfast, uh, written and directed by Kenneth Branagh, one of my all-time favorite filmmakers, and I've interviewed him a number of times. He is such of a joy to talk to, and you could see his passion all over this picture. So let's well, just say I'm rooting for <laughs> Belfast come this Sunday. I, I'm not saying I voted for anything like, you know, any of his categories, okay. but, you know, I love that film. So... But again, this is a pre. This is all leading up to the Oscars here yep. coming up in a couple of weeks.
1: I get you know, I haven't seen that one yet, and I want to see that one in Coda as well. Kenneth Branagh, by the way, you know, he played Ernest Shackleton in this movie, yeah. and they found Shackleton's ship this this week in ten thousand feet of water oh. under the uh, Antarctic ice. Just. It's just unbelievable story this week. That I'm yeah, just fascinated
3: he, he's by. an amazing filmmaker and an amazing actor, and I'm glad that you saw that. Yep. And uh, I look forward to much more from him. Definitely see Belfast. It is another historical picture uh, from Kenneth Branagh, so you should definitely see it.
1: Tim, I enjoyed the conversation. Have a great weekend, sir. Likewise, sir, and yep. I look forward to our next conversation. Sounds good. Tim Lammers movie reviews brought to us by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorney seeking justice for the injured. You can find them minnesotapersonalinjury.com. dot Hey, it's uh, three thirty. News Talk eight three zero WCCO. More coming up. Adam in for Paul and Jordana on a Friday on WCCO. Don't forget, we got another uh, installment of Game Changers coming up in about uh, well, heck, less than ten minutes from now. We're going to be talking to Erica Binger. She is uh, executive director and founder of V three, which is a uh, V three Sports, an organization in North Minneapolis with a mission to bring. Opportunities to underserved communities, and especially this time where we're at right now, where Minneapolis kids aren't in school, how important is that right now? I want to stay on that theme right now because we've got another ugly incident, uh, alleged un- ugly incident, happening during a high school sporting event, and I've had just about enough of it. I was on a couple of weeks ago when the instances came out in New Prague um, that we've heard about. We also had the one uh, in Prior Lake. And uh, I was I, – at that point, I'd had it because what are we going to – how are we going to change this? Because, again, what my point was a sporting event, a high school sporting event, should be one of the safest, uh, most comfortable places you can be. Um, and the fact that we have – I don't care if it's kids and if it's adults – it's even more shameful, but some of these incidents and the things we're hearing from kids and or adults is disgusting, and it, it needs to stop, and I'm wondering, how do we stop it? If it's a matter of sh- shutting a game down, stopping a game, removing a, 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 a team where this seems to be happening, I'm all for it because it's, it's, it's enough. Uh, it's out of control, and I've had enough of it. Now we've got one from uh, New Ulm. Uh, This is not New Prague. We've heard about the incidents in New Prague. This is New Ulm, where uh, a senior center for St. Peter's High School, Alex Bosacker, uh, played uh, New Ulm, which is a bitter rivalry, St. Peter and New Ulm. On February 15th, he was stunned what he heard. He heard somebody say, I got the gay kid guarding me, a New Ulm player. Said, Bo Sacker's a multi-sport athlete who's headed to college on a track scholarship. He came out as gay to his teammates early this winter. His coach helped organize a meeting after practice, and his teammates hugged him, told him they loved him, and Bo Sacker said he could finally be himself. He also came out on social media. Now, at this game in January, he said, teens in the New Ulm student section shouted that Bo Sacker was going to touch other players' groins. That's disgusting. In this day and age, uh, to have this go on is disgusting. And if it's new home students, it's disgusting. If it's their parents, it's even worse. And I've heard arguments: well, you know, the new home basketball team, you know, maybe they didn't have any part of this, and they might not have had any part of this. But wh- how do we how do we change that to the fact? How do we change it so it's not happening? And I think you got to punish the schools um, because. Hearing these stories about uh, shouts of racist slurs, uh, homophobic slurs, it's one thing if uh, two teams are rivals and you p- make fun of a uh, of a town, and maybe you know, I, I like I, I I bring up the example I played for South St. Paul, went to South St. Paul. There was plenty of ammo for other students saying, ah, you the you know, it's the cow town." Make fun of us that way, but when you go to the level of uh, making fun or attacking somebody's sexuality or race, it's disgusting and there's no place for it because, again, uh, the high school sports should be a place of safety and where kids of all economic backgrounds and all walks of life can succeed and feel good and be celebrated. And to have this stuff is absolutely disgusting. And I'm all for uh, preventing teams uh, from playing even if it's their fans who get involved in this. And if it can be documented, um, make them sit, because we got to do something to make this stop. Uh, if you want to uh, pitch in, chime in on that topic, feel free. Six five one four six one is the text line. Thankfully, we've got a much better topic coming up, uh, game changers. Erica Binger is certainly a game changer. We're going to be talking to her uh, live on her Facebook and Twitter uh, feed. It'll be live on video, so you can see my ugly mug. That's coming up next. Adam in for Paul and Jordana, 342 News Talk 830 WCCO. Well, I am not Paul or Jordana, uh, but I uh, am Adam Carter and I'm happy to be part of this segment, the Game Changer segment brought to us by Thrivent. Um, It is a chance for us to focus on some people who are really, like the title says, changing the game and uh, making our community a better place. And we certainly have that today as uh, Erica Binger is with us. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of uh, V3 Sports. Erica, thank you so much. And before uh, you, you say hello, let me just say we are broadcasting live on our Facebook page and on Twitter at WCCORadio.com so you can see this conversation and see us live. Erica, thank you so much for being with us. Tell us a little bit about uh, V3 Sports and how you came to form it.
0: Well, thank you for having me. This is quite an honor. I have enjoyed listening to the other Game Changer series, so, um, and in very esteemed company. (laughs) Um, V3 sports. We're developing a health and wellness center on the corner of Lindale and Plymouth in North Minneapolis to provide access and opportunities um, for our community to have opportunities that um, the suburbs and other communities have um, really providing swim lessons and running and cafeterias, some out of school steam programming in the building Um, really creating more of a level playing field, so to speak, using a sports analogy. And we're really excited about breaking ground this winter so that we can have the building open.
1: And that is what is behind you. Uh, You are for the beauty of green screens and things nowadays. Tell me about this facility uh, that once it's completed, what, what kind of opportunities will these kids have there?
0: Yeah, so behind me is the rendering that LSE Architects have put together of the pool. Um, We purchased the Olympic trials pool. So it was the pool that the USA swim team was selected from that competed in um, the 2021 Summer Olympics. Um, So all of those records that were set down in Omaha come back to the pool here. And we just love that our kids can aspire to actually achieve some of those times and see themselves um, reaching like the highest level in athletics, but also in life, because there's opportunities that we don't have in our community right now. Um, and there will be the, the Olympic trials pool, as well as an instructional pool, running track and multi-purpose courts so that we can host basketball tournaments, volleyball tournaments, uh, career fairs, graduation parties, really bringing people to North Minneapolis to spend resources there, as opposed to having us always go out and, and decimating the community of resources.
1: Talking to Erica Binger, uh, she is a, uh, a game changer uh, bringing this uh, facility to a needed area. And we say needed and probably never more so than right now, Erica, because we are in the midst of a crisis where uh, young people are getting involved in some dangerous, dangerous activities in this city. And, um, we need positive outlets for these kids. Tell me about that need and how critical it is right now.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's really... there. There's It's so urgent right now. Yep. I mean, you know, North High School just lost one of their sophomore... I mean, senior... You no, know, I think he was a sophomore, 15-year-old to gun violence. But that is happening yep. daily. You know, like people are getting shot, murdered, and it's really... This is going to create a a long-term solution because we have um, more youth in our community per population than in other areas. So there's great organizations doing amazing things, but just not enough organizations or resources yet. And so we hope to be able to collaborate with those organizations that are already making a difference in North Minneapolis and um, creating more access and opportunities.
1: You started volunteering as a swim coach in North Minneapolis back in 2005. What drew you to this community and why have you stayed here and tried to make it better?
0: Numerous reasons. Um, I think I've always loved working with youth and sports have given me a platform that I believe has been able to um, take me to places that I wouldn't necessarily have even dreamed about. And I was an athletic director over in South Minneapolis. I lived over North and I started to swim at the local YMCA. And um, I remember the director tapped me on the shoulder to ask me to volunteer. And I started coaching the kids and, you know, love them. I I really loved the kids I worked with and found ways to stay engaged when the Y was repurposing and recognize that there was just a need for more centers and more opportunities and so wanted to make sure that I can contribute in a way that's really going to change lives and be transformational.
1: I bet you have some great stories of kids who didn't think they could uh, you know compete in swimming or do other things that when they do that their reaction and the, the fulfillment you get I bet is incredible.
0: It is really quite amazing, um, especially we started to create a triathlon program, so swim, bike and run. And when our athletes went back to school as a third grader and said they did a triathlon, people were so amazed and it just gave them a sense of confidence. But really learning through sports how to set goals, how to accomplish them, uh, work together as a team, but also be independent and achieve what you set out to do really has been Absolutely thrilling for me to see our youth, um, you know, lead their communities now as teachers, as doctors, as um, IT specialists.
1: Tell me about uh, the people who've made this possible. Who's putting the money behind such a beautiful facility like that?
0: Well, we hope to get more um, Twin Cities businesses and corporations and, and sports teams involved, most definitely, because, um, you know, when we all do better, we all do better, is what they say. Um, but we've got some great partners like the Boys and Girls Club, um, Youth Families Determined to Succeed, Sony Foundation, um, and then some foundations as well. And, and private donors and individuals. We're putting together our capital campaign committee. The state is putting, we're in the process for a bond appropriation. Right. Um, so we have great champions out there. Senator Champion, thank you.
1: <laughs> we got about a less than a minute left. Erica, if somebody wants to learn more information about this or help you out, how, what, are they, what should they do?
0: Um, they can check us out at our website, which is v3sports.org. Um, just the letter V number three. Um, sports.org and then, or send us an email, info at v3sports.org.
1: Erica, thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, It's wonderful. And I hope to uh, visit that uh, facility when, when it gets built. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. Anytime. So is anybody else. So (laughs) thank you.
1: Awesome. Erica Binger, V3 uh, uh, Executive Director, uh, putting that facility up uh, in North Minneapolis. It's wonderful. Uh, Stay tuned next week. Friday at this time, we'll have Kelly Baker, Executive Vice President, Chief Human Resources Officer on uh, Game Changers by Thrivent.